greet you in Jesus' name this morning. And for Owen and Gerald, I just have to say, wait till you're 15 years older. I was really grateful for three brethren that came to my assistance earlier this week. <clears throat> um, don't feel real, real prepared this morning, but Brother Danny called me yesterday and Right after he called me, uh, this message came to my mind, and uh, I felt like I could share this this morning. I told my wife I didn't know if I could prepare something that quick in less than 20 hours, 16 hours, or whatever it is. And she said I'm supposed to be instant in season and out season, so I didn't get much sympathy from her. <clears throat> but the title of the message this morning, and, and this is a, uh, thankfully I was able to turn to some resources I'd had from my message I had a number of years ago. But the title of the message this morning is, Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. <clears throat> and I just want to read a few verses from Matthew, uh, chapter 14. <clears throat> Beginning at verse 22. This is right after Jesus had fed the 5,000 there, and it says in verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side, while, they had mul- while he sent the multitudes away. And he went and sent the multitudes away, and went up into the ship, to, into a mountain apart, to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You see here, Jesus coming, we see Jesus here coming on the water to meet the the disciples here in the ship. It was a stormy time. Uh, And Peter being kind of an outgoing person, he said, come, bid me come to you in the water. And Jesus said, come. And you know, Peter went down out of that ship and he started to walk on the water to Jesus. But as soon as he looked around, he took his eyes off Jesus. He saw the, the, the boisterous waves and, and, and so forth. And he lost his focus. He became distracted. And he began to sink. And I believe Peter well could have swam. I believe he could have. I'm pretty sure Peter probably knew how to swim. He was a fisherman, spent most of his life probably on the water. But you know, many times we're like, we're like Peter. We become distracted. When the cares of this life and the troubles of this life surround us, they're like those waves. We, can be, we become distracted. We lose our focus on Jesus and we begin to sink. 
And there's many distractions this morning that we could talk about. Um, there's, there's just so many things in our lives that can distract us from uh, our focus on the Lord. But I, I just chose to talk about a couple things this morning. I think some of the main distractions that we can face today are worry and fear. There is so much worry and fear in the world around us. And we don't have to have, we don't have to have, be involved in that worry and that fear. We have Jesus. We just need to keep our focus on him. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. People get all upset, you know, about the current events of our society. They worry about the way our government is mismanaged. You know, that worry and that fear can lead to discouragement and deep depression. But it doesn't have to if we keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus mentioned, and Paul mentioned as well to, P- to Timothy, uh, you know, I think that we're all, all in agreement that we're living in the last times. And we're, we're told there's going to be a lot of bad things in the last times. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, those things don't have to concern us at all. <clears throat> I believe Satan is the main source of the distractions that come upon us. He knows that if he can get our eyes off Jesus, he can fill our minds with worry and with fear. If he can get us drowning in discouragement and depression, he has a good chance to control our life. He will tell us that we don't need Jesus. We can do it on our own. He'll, He'll offer lots of sources of help, but it's only temporary or no good at all. One thing t- Satan will tell us, he said, you can be your own God. And I think uh, uh, Owen mentioned that this morning, not, that, not just in that, those words, but about self. And many times when we get in trouble, we try to uh, work our way through it on our own. This only brings deeper discouragement and more depression. We can't do it on our own. We need Jesus. We need God. We need our Father. With our eyes off Jesus, we only sink deep, deeper and deeper into the, into the, to the pit of despair. <clears throat> another, another one that uh, uh, Satan tells us is he says, money will make you happy. And don't get me wrong, we need money. We have to sustain ourselves. We all work for a living and to, to, to get money to, to feed our families and, and to uh, uh, live with, to live by. But, you know, we need to, people just think sometimes that money can buy their way out, they can, can buy their way out of struggles and out of depression. But riches only bring more worries and unhappiness. Paul told Timothy, uh, uh, in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, he says, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And surely we've all observed, probably observed this sometime in our lives with someone who we're acquainted with. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So riches isn't going to buy us out of trouble. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. The only way. Another one that Satan uses is uh, 
entertainment, recreation. He says, you can go camping, you can go hunting, you can go do this or that. And again, those things aren't wrong. We all do them. But people turn to those things to get their mind off their problems. And that's only temporary. When we come back to reality, our problems will still be there. Camping or hunting or fishing or, or, or shopping or wherever you want, whatever you want to do, that's not going to that's not going to, to uh, take away the problem, the, the the problems in your life. I just turn, like to turn this morning to Ecclesiastes, the wise man's observation there of of riches and and of wealth and and uh, entertainment, and recreation, and so forth. In Ecclesiastes chapter two. First uh, uh, 11 verses there, he said, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, I built me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water, to water wherewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and, ma- and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also I had great po- possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold, and the peculiar peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all, of, of, and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not mine heart from my, any, any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this, is, this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of my hands and on, the, on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. <clears throat> so we can see Solomon's observation there. You know, he, had, he, he lacked nothing. He, he, anything he wanted, he had. And he said it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. So we can turn to riches. We can turn to recreation. We can turn to whatever our, 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 we, can set, we can set our hearts to. And that won't, that won't get us anywhere. It might in this life, but not in the life to come. Worry and fear. We as Christian people need to keep our eyes on Jesus and remember that God is in control. It is God can take can take us through everything. Found a little thing here is uh, Texas Rangers outfielder Mickey Rivers stated his philosophy in life. He says, "There's no sense in worrying about things you you got no, that you got control over because you got control over them, and there's no sense in worrying about things that you don't have control over either because you got no control over them. So there's no sense in worrying." And I thought, you know, I, I had that's rather humorous, but I thought. There's so much truth in that. Why worry if God is in control? 
And I'd just like to turn to another scripture to read in Isaiah there where it tells us about Isaiah chapter 40, a very uh, familiar portion of scripture there, telling us how the God is in control. Everything is under his hand. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 12, Isaiah chapter 40, he said, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom, who, with whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed him, to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as a, blessed, as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are accounted to him less than nothing, and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God, or what likeness will ye compare to, uh, unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman <coughs> to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye, have ye not known, have ye not heard that he that hath it not been told you from the beginning, have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants, inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth, stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, and maketh the judges of the earth to, as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted, yea, they shall not be sown, yea, their Stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or who, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold he, behold who hath created these things, that bringeth out the, their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his power, for, he that, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? <coughs> My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I like that verse, verse 28. Hast thou not known, that, hast thou not heard that the everlasting one, the Lord, God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. We serve a big God, a great God. And he is able to take us through any trial, any, any hard spot in life. Why worry? Why let worry get us down? Worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. Worrying won't help you solve a problem or bring about a solution. Worrying is destructive to us in many ways. It becomes a mental burden that can cause us to grow physically sick. Psalms 20, Proverbs 12.25 says, Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. I just 
found another a, a little article here that I copied down. It says, in the midst of, of excessive worrying, you may suffer with high anxiety, even panic, during waking hours. Many chronic worriers tell of feeling a sense of impending doom or, or unrealistic fears that only increase their worries. Ultra-sensitive to their environment and to the criticism of others, excessive worriers may see anything and anyone as a potential threat. Chronic worrying can affect your daily life so much that it may interfere with your appetite, lifestyle habits, relationships, sleep, and job performance. Many people who worry excessively are so anxiety-ridden that they seek relief and harmful lifestyle habits such as overeating, smoking, or using alcohol and drugs. That's a sad situation to be in. All we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus. He can take us through every trial in life. We don't have to worry at all. <clears throat> Back to our, our text this morning. There you know Peter, as he, uh, as he came down out of that ship and, and started to walk to Jesus, he was doing fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But as soon as he looked about him and saw the, the, the turmoil there on the ocean, on the sea, he was afraid and he began to sink. Being tossed in this life by worry and fear, we're very much like Peter. We lose sight of Jesus. We become discouraged. We become filled with depression. Then we begin to sink in distress. You know, Peter did one thing right. When he realized he was in trouble, he cried, Lord, save me. And Jesus was there to help. It says immediately, uh, he says immediately he stretched forth his hand and caught him. <clears throat> when we realize we're sinking, sinking in despair, we need to cry out to Jesus. He will immediately be there. He is there. He's waiting for us to cry out. <clears throat> Often whenever I prepare a message, I Think of a song. I don't know why, but for some reason I've just always been that way. I, I like to sing, and, and I've always... A song comes to me usually when I'm studying. And the song that came to me here was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because... We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, Still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, 
shall take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. I love the words of that song. <clears throat> Telling us that Jesus is there. So often we forget. We have that great invitation where Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's there. He's here now. Let's take advantage of that great resource that we have that we can keep our eyes on Jesus. There's a little song that I heard quite a number of years ago that inspired this message. And I just want to share that here yet before I close. The title of it is Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. And the words, it's just a little short song. It's actually got a narration at the end. I don't have that here. But it says, living in a world that's full of sorrow, we are tried and tempted every day. Knowing not the secrets of tomorrow, we find refuge when we watch and pray. Keep your eyes on Jesus when the tidal waves of trouble round you roll. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He will calm the storms of life that toss your soul. I find that so comforting that we can keep our eyes on Jesus and that he will carry us through. As it says there in that song, that song I read before, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And it is a great privilege that we can come to Jesus. I just had to think this morning as I was continuing to study a little bit about this story of the man, I think it's called Footprints in the Sand, you all know it, I'm sure, how he came to the end of life and he looked back. And during the hardest times of his life, there was only one set of footprints. <clears throat> he said, Lord, why is it that when I, when I was troubled most in life, there's only one set of footprints? And the Lord said, Son, when you had, <clears throat> when you had the hardest times in your life, it was then that I carried you. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and he will carry you through. One more thing before I close. I just thought of this this morning as I was studying. There in the end, at the last verse we read, it says, Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And I had to think this morning as I was studying. How often does Jesus have to say that to me? <clears throat> With our little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I just want to challenge us this morning that if we want to keep the peace of God in our hearts and the confidence that we can get through this life, even through the trying times, the hard times, Keep your eyes on Jesus. God has his blessing. <clears throat>